Are you an author who has ripped open that box to find your physical book in your hands and you got really excited about it, but then you're like, okay, what else can I do with this book? Then this conversation is for you. We have Parshel Tashi on today, who is going to walk us through a framework to help you decide how you can turn your book into something else. And we'll kind of allude to it here, but it's really about an online course. Should you or should you not turn your book into an online course is the question. So Parshel, so great to have you here. So fun to meet you in Las Vegas. I know that's how we got connected, but we were fast friends because we both come from video marketing and just love your energy. So how did you get into this line of work to begin with? Yeah, so I'm actually a teacher by trade. So I'm a former high school math teacher. And all the while, however, I was had a camera, I was always doing something creative on the computer. And I had no concept whatsoever that you could make money from it. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but didn't see what was of interest to me in that lane. So I was on the track to become a math teacher and I did that. And I was just doing video on the side. And eventually that started to really bring out that entrepreneurial spirit in me. And I saw a lot of potential. So I quit teaching, which was, I think at the time, a little bit disappointed because I did enjoy my job as a teacher and I have a degree in curriculum and instruction. So that, you know, tack on another, however many dollars that cost that I'm looking at in terms of debt and really just still felt a calling to go into what was creative at the time. So went from freelance videographer to owning a production company that was in two states and doing a lot of work across the country. And so I had a lot of really great experience. So I have this teacher thing in me and then I have this creative person in me as well. And so really during the pandemic is when I asked the question of what's my highest contribution here? And I saw just a great potential in this work and I've always been a student of heart as well. So I feel like in what I get to do, it's a lot of fun because I enjoy learning, right? So I get to do that with all of our clients. And in particular, there was a path that opened an opportunity for repurposing really solid work. So I see a lot of beauty and and creativity that can come from what you've already put in your book. And so that's how at the start of 2020, actually I used to say in August, because we're coming up on two years, but that's when this brand was started. Well, it's no accident that we met at the publishing and publicity conference because that is an event put on by David and Isabel Fagan that brings in authors. And so you were in the right place at the right time to meet people who have books or who are planning to write books, but there's so much more that they can do with their books. And I think that's really what you do with the, the author's leverage is to help people see authors see what can you do with it. And before we get into the principles around how you can decide whether you should turn your book into a course, I love what you said about your background, right? In that you specialize in curriculum development. And so it's a perfect tie in to what you do today, which is building these courses. Can you just speak to the world of online courses in general right now? I mean, for the longest time we saw adoption of online courses and popularity of online courses continuing to spike. Is it still on a spike? more than ever, or is it starting to tail off? Tell us more about what's happening in that industry. Yeah, it's really interesting because honestly, when I got into entrepreneurship myself, I was on online courses. Like that's how I went from high school teacher to do what I'm doing. So I credit a lot of that to the beauty of the information age that we were taking advantage of. I think that what I see right now is just there's a really big shift in a transition, I would say, because we still thrive off of the community aspect of being able to learn what we know from specific people that we can relate to and that can teach us well. And so 
I think with that, there's a shift in online courses and how that's developing. And it's not just so much of a, you know, just consume this information online because you can do that on YouTube. The shift right now is more in that ability to access and have direct connection with not only the person that you're learning from, but the other people that are interested in it too. And so I'm just saying that courses are still continuing to thrive, but it's really taking a boost in the concepts of community that really become a staple part of an online course. So that's why, that's when I think about the online course space, that's, that's really a, a really special moment that's happening, especially considering that the completion rates of online courses are really, really low. I mean, how many courses have you bought and you haven't completed yet? Right? Like, right, right. Unless you're really plugged in with community in certain respects, you know, can you really get the results? Yeah. And to your point, who better to learn from in an online course or to have access to than the person who wrote the book on book topic? Like it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's like literally that person wrote the book on it. <laughs> so yes. So and, I love that. Yeah, There's a perfect yeah. tie-in. It makes perfect sense. Like, you know, someone who's written a book has put their life's work into that or into that maybe physical or digital or both book and their thoughts and their ideas are into are in there. And so one would maybe think, oh yeah, absolutely. Every author should be turning their book into a course. Is that a true statement or a false statement? I think it's a true statement. And I think it just ties back to what your goals and what you set out to do when you put your life's work into this book. And for most authors, that is not the case on the levels of impact and really making the difference that you sought out for it to make or the income. You know, usually it's a combination of both. But if you haven't reached that potential that you sought out when you published, there is another opportunity that's available and that people are used to now. They're actually ready to pay for implementation, which is one of the core principles. But yeah, it's so if all authors should be turning their books into courses we're going to talk about like the specifics on how you can really you know determine that for yourself what would be stopping authors from doing that is it technology is it just uh, not an understanding of what online courses and how they need to be structured is there any kind of specific thing that's going on in the course world that might be intimidating or overwhelming to authors and then they stay away from it and really negate that that awesome opportunity or they stay away from you know even exploring it because they may have a misunderstanding about courses for example right right there's quite a bit of challenges that are coming up i mean a lot of the authors that we've talked to and interviewed have really shared with us the concern of you know how do i truncate all of what i wrote into something that's actionable and engaging and that people actually want to pay for so that's one concern that comes up and the other is how can this be successful and really that in a lot of cases you know ends up with you know it's having a conversation about what success looks like for them because for every author it's not the same and so you can reach your goals and i think that the power of the online course enables you to do that on an impact level and on an income level that will exceed what you sought out to make with your book for a lot of books they do turn into other opportunities speaking consulting right those are amazing opportunities however they're also taught to your one-to-one time so for a lot of them the magic effect has been wow i'm busy right i've got all these things and if you're also in the position in your career where you're looking to create a little bit more white space in your calendar this could be a solution in place as well that'll just free up more of your time and allow you to still offer and have something that still can bring transformation to other people, but just in a format that's not directly tied to your time. So it's a strategic move as well for some authors. Yeah, I love it. 
So I think you have three main principles that guide you to help authors determine whether they should be turning their specific book into a course. I'd love for you to walk us through what those three principles are. What's yeah, principle so, number one? Well, to open up the principles really quick, I just want to put a frame on your book, right? I want to change how we look at our books. If you go to Paris, right, the most beautiful thing you're going to see there is the architecture of the tower, the Eiffel Tower. And the Eiffel Tower in and of itself is the attraction. But what makes the most money, if you will, what brings more of the experience are the things happening around the Eiffel Tower. So as an author, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as a content creator, as a thought leader, it is now our responsibility to create these experiences around the tower. And so opening up that conversation, the first principle is that books don't make money, experiences do. If we think about how you can buy an album or you can go sit front row seat at the concert, <laughs> um, it's that kind of experience and the difference that we're talking about. So your books, the, the copies alone are not going to generate the revenue and you can even play with some numbers there, right? The difference between, okay, if I just work on book sales alone and maybe a couple speaking gigs, right? What does that earn me? But then if you just add this other component. And if a percentage of your readers sign up for that course, and at that point they're indoctrinated, so maybe a percentage of them actually come onto your programs, you're looking at at least adding a zero on the end of what you're able to earn with, with your book alone. So that's the first principle that we always often talk about is just that the experiences, that's what really is the, the moneymaker now. So if you can get creative around how you do that, you'll be very successful. Yeah. And that's what people want. I mean, I think they want to have closeness and an experience that is different than just, I don't know, just the kind of the status quo that we've all been sort of accustomed to, you know, they're looking for more and they're looking for, I think in a lot of ways, like that high touch type of feeling. And that can come in a lot of ways. You can deliver that in a lot of ways, but I think that high touch piece and experiential piece is important. Absolutely. Um, what is principle number two? Now principle number two is that people pay for implementation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so if you're concerned about, wow, could my book do well as a course, you know, how can you make it easier to implement? Because people like me pay people like you to help me get it done faster, quicker, easier, with less effort and less time that I would do it on my own, all the above. That's really a driving factor in courses as well, especially if in the community aspect, you're able to then make it that much easier, especially especially, especially if your genre, if the topic of what you're talking about, I mean, we're mainly talking about nonfiction books here, just to be clear too, but typically if the areas that you're talking about lead to a specific result in health, wealth, relationships, or leadership or personal development, those are the areas where people are paying for implementation in those aspects, because it's really difficult to do alone. So that is the second principle. How can we create experiences around that encourage people to take action. I just read a great book actually recently about offers and it talks extensively about that concept of implementation and how when you're creating your offer in this case with this particular book that you can craft it around this idea of the implementation. So it makes perfect sense. You hire people to do things for you. I hire people to do things for me. People hire me to do things for them. That's how it goes because you as the entrepreneur or the author you're not going to do everything yourself, mm -hmm. right? And nor are your potential clients who have purchased your course. They're looking for help. And if you step up and you're the person who shows up and says, I have the offer, the course that's going to be able to help you implement this particular thing, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What is number three? <laughs> number three is that the quality of that experience that you're creating, the quality of the experience matters. 
in particular with the author's leverage, we are positioned as that partner that's going to make you look like a million bucks, right? So production quality matters. A lot of what you're going to be putting out in the form of a course is going to be in a multimedia format, whether it's audio, whether it's video. Cheryl, this is where we geeked out on <laughs> because the quality of this experience really, really matters. And so you just want to give some thought into really matching your brand really well, depending on where you, again, are in your business, your brand and how you stand out is really going to matter and it matters today. So with typically with this particular principle, we're looking at the fact that the e-learning industry is going to grow and is continuing to grow. Like it's not stopping. <laughs> There's no. so much that we need to learn and to grow and we have to learn from each other. And so um, among, uh, I guess, in that spectrum of $2 trillion that this industry is going to be worth in the next few years, the question is, what is the media quality? How would you categorize what you would see in that? And so this principle is really, it just inspires the question of where do you want to fall in those categories when it comes to your product and your book and your brand and where you see your message going. And either way is fine. And the way that we present that is thinking about going to travel somewhere. So if you're going, you can go there by propeller plane on a commercial jet or a private jet. And so that's how I usually teach those. A propeller jet is going to be something where maybe on Zoom, maybe on something just homemade or on your phone or what have you, you can still create content and it's going to likely sell if you're, again, hitting implementation and creating a good experience. So that propeller plane version, you know, is usually going to look that way. And most of us are familiar with that. The next step up is going to be something where you're doing it with someone else. So maybe you're doing the filming and you've got some better camera equipment, but someone else is doing the editing. Someone else is doing the polishing of that or vice versa. Someone shoots for you and maybe you don't mind editing, you can edit that as well. So that's what I call that commercial plane version where it's more of a done with you, whereas the propeller plane is you're doing yourself. And then the private jet is essentially what we offer. That's what we stand out with the author's leverage. So in that respect, that's where you're showing up. <laughs> you know, imagine that you're showing up and, and everything is done, you know, everything you, is yeah. done. You know, you got the right camera angle on you. Your makeup is looking great. You're fantastic. You have support around how to deliver your content well on camera, the whole nine yards. So that's an option as well. And of course, each of these present a different price point. But the good news is, is that no matter which mode you take, you will arrive to your destination. And secondly, you can always take that trip on one plane and when you're ready, go on the other. And actually, you know, if you've proven that this is a good experience, then you can polish it up and you can do a lot of with that. So those are the three core principles that really drive the thinking here, right? It's experiences are what make money, not the book sales alone. People pay for implementation, especially in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships. And thirdly, the quality of the experience you create really, really matters in the multimedia world. So yeah, yeah. I love that. And so with regard to the authors who you know, would be considering turning their book into a course because you've made a great argument for why that should be the case. You work with people who are at a level, like you're in the jet, you're the private jet version of this. Mm -hmm. Is this for every author or is it like, oh, you know what, if this is your first book, you should start with the prop plane. <laughs> or if this is your fifth book, you got to come to us. Is there yeah. a level or is it like, no, you know what, that we can actually um, work with people who have just written their very first book. Yeah, it's really interesting. If you're just writing your first book, but let's say this book has people, like a community of people have been asking for this book for years because you've just been doing such compelling work and you're in the position to invest, right? A lot of us as authors are, you know, when it came to publishing your book, 
kudos to you if you did it 100 on your own but there are so many resources out there right now that we interview on our podcast especially that are helping authors get published and so some aspect of this work you're already investing in to get some help and support in this is just another aspect of that so where you are can vary it all depends case by case in terms of what your goals are where you're positioned right now and what you're willing to invest to continue into this work i think anyone who is an author is doing it especially in the nonfiction world right is because they have a message that they're trying to get out to more people they're using that book to be a door opener to the press so that they can get additional eyeballs and what it is that they're doing usually is mission-driven purpose-driven work that people are writing books about specific topics but let's not forget there's also this part of us in, in authors too that want to say like well how can i turn this into another stream of income <laughs> right how do i turn this idea into another stream of income because i think we recognize that if i can turn this into another stream of income i can have more impact and so what you're saying and make a really good argument for why to do that. You mentioned your podcast. I'd love for you to give a plug for your podcast. And I'd also love for you to tell us about your website. Yeah, sure. So our podcast is also called The Author's Leverage. And that's been pretty exciting because I have to admit, honestly, coming into the book industry space, I mean, I've been a producer for over 10 years now. So coming into this specific niche with the skill set, I've been so interested to learn the industry. So what you really see here is a compilation of me just asking questions really from the space of my author and our clients and who we're here to support. And then wanting to, you know, of course, highlight these amazing resources that of folks who are doing the same. So what you're going to find there is just really any conversation, no matter what stage you're in, in the book writing process, it's all about how to, again, leverage what you've already created, or if you're in the process of of wanting to have that that established foundation, you can gather a lot of insights from really any of the people that we've been talking to um, and authors included. So that's the podcast. And uh, yeah, we've been having a good time with it. Some tech hiccups, believe it or not, because it always happens, right? It's like, anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's been good. I mean, I, I've just felt so proud of my team and what we've been able to do going forward. And the podcast really shines bright in that. That's awesome. Parshel, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on. But before you go, quick question. Stop marketing like it's 1999. I'd love to know if you have a tip, tool, tactic, or technique that helps you to market the author's leverage or for you to market your own personal brand. What can you share with the audience? Something that's working for you today. Yeah, something amazing that's working is just building relationships with others in the industry and creating collaborations. That's been huge. And so one of the ways that we've been doing that as a marketing initiative is actually hosting industry specific dinners. These are invite only where we bring those that are in the book publishing industry, whether they are publishers themselves or hybrid publisher, traditional even. We have other book writing coaches that come in, ghost writers and whatnot, but it's a very, very small and intimate dinner. And as a marketing strategy, it's been probably one of the most rewarding ways of actually getting to know someone and to do it in a genuine manner. So we just hosted one last week in Washington, DC, which was our first one, and that was incredible. And then we had one that we just hosted this week in San Diego. So that has been such an amazing way to really just what would you do with a friend, you know, that's coming to town kind of a thing. We wanted to create that vibe and have it over good food and a view. So it was such an incredible event. So that for us has been a really powerful strategy thus far, just to really 
get us off of Zoom and get us in person over over a meal and to talk about what's happening in our industry. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's no surprise that that ties into one of the points that you made on this call and on this episode is that experiences matter, right? Mm -hmm. And so experiential is where it's at. So Parshall, thank you so much for being on Cashing yeah. on Camera. To our listeners, thank you for being here and be sure to follow the show as we bring you more amazing guests like Parshall who can help you to further your business and your brand. Thank you so much, Parshall, for being here. Thanks, Cheryl. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Plouffe and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPlouffe.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. Cashing on Camera is a production of Cheryl Plouffe Media.